It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. New Orleans Saints OTAs picking up steam. Jameis Winston, Chris Olave, Tyron Matthew already making noise. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. You can find me over at USA Today's Saints Wire Tuesdays on Locked On NFL and here with you every single Monday through Friday unlocked on saints and today we're going to project the starting lineup on the defensive side of the ball for the new orleans saints looking at what that might look like ahead of training camp and we're going to take a look at whether or not new orleans saints will truly have a cornerback battle when it comes to alante taylor second round draft pick this year and paulson adibo third round draft pick last year but first i want to talk about otas and break down some Big-time performances so far that are standing out for the New Orleans Saints in terms of their OTAs. Now, of course, when I say big-time performances, it's more than just who's making plays on the field, right? It's about who's present, what's going down, and what's how, what does it all mean for the team. So today, we saw highlights from Jameis Winston, Chris Olave, and of course, the presence of Tyron Matthew. And all three of those players making their presence felt quickly in New Orleans Saints OTAs. Jameis Winston fast in getting his opportunity here and taking his opportunity to establish himself as a leader amongst this team. He's in the middle of still coming back from an ACL injury, and there he is on the field, knee brace and all, full limp, still participating in training camp and making sure that he's out there working with his new receivers effectively in Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. Michael Thomas still not participating in terms of OTAs, but again, he's in the building. He's present. He's engaged. He's working with Chris Olave in California. He's meeting with Dennis Allen and Cody Burns out in California. And most importantly, he's on airline drive, right? And he's getting the work in and he's a part of that group that's present, but not participating in OTAs. Not worried about it. Not worried about it at all. Dennis Allen mentioned that he's not ready yet, but the plan is to have him ready for training camp, which really, it's been the plan all along, right? It's a thing we've been telling you for so long that that's exactly what the New Orleans Saints were going to do. And it's very likely that at the beginning of training camp, he's not going to be full go and it's going to be a ramp up, right? The thing that you hope for is that it's not a pain issue. It's not an injury issue and that it's more so just a part of the process that the New Orleans Saints and their doctors have sort of laid out in terms of the benchmarks that one must hit in order to return from said injury and be back out on the field. But in any case, him being at the facility is massively important for New Orleans. And the same thing goes for Jameis Winston, who's just in a different part of his rehabilitation, who is out on the field throwing passes. And the thing that you love to see about the passes that he's throwing is that you're seeing the highlights of him, you know, gunning it down on air, down the field, connecting with Chris Olave, who's not breaking stride and coming up with these big catches. That's going to be such a big part of the 2022 game for the New Orleans Saints is going to be the connection between Jameis Winston and Chris Olave. And these two 
already getting that connection together, right? We saw early on last year during the offseason, guys like Traquan Smith and Adam Troutman going out to LA to work out with Jameis Winston. They don't have to do that now, right? They ain't got to do that. Last year, there were no OTAs, or at least there were, but no one participated in them, which is one of the reasons why I'm not super concerned about the number of people not participating in OTAs this year. This gives all of these young players opportunities to get work with their quarterback and their offense and their defense and their coaches and all of that. So if you're asking me at this point, if I'm worried about the fact that Demario Davis and Alvin Kamara aren't participating in OTAs, no, (laughs) absolutely not. The guys that need it are there, and that's fantastic. And one of the guys that's really benefiting from all of this too is Chris Olave because he's a young player that's got to make sure that he establishes his value early. He wants to be a starter for the Saints. The Saints obviously want him to be a starter. He's going to be a field stretcher. He's going to be a um, uh, 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 one of those deep threat guys that the New Orleans Saints really haven't had in their offense since Brandon Cooks and then a little bit of Deontay Hardy last year. So now and remember Deontay Hardy, not Deontay Harris anymore. So now you get the opportunity to get all of those reps because effectively Jarvis Landry, who's new to the team, wearing number 80 right now, by the way, as well as Chris Olave, who's currently still sporting number 12, those guys are getting work with their quarterback in Jameis Winston. So that's good news for the New Orleans Saints that those players are getting those opportunities. And we're seeing a little bit of that impact over on the defensive side too with Tyron Matthew, who's also already standing out. And he's another one that's not necessarily standing out because He's making big plays during OTAs or whatever, but just the leadership, right? Him working with some of these young guys, pulling them aside, getting all that done. And how invaluable is that for some of these young DBs, right? Whether it be the undrafted free agents that are out there, maybe the younger guys like Dylan Mabin, who made a big play this, uh, you know, uh, uh, on Thursday's OTAs when Andy Dalton was at quarterback. You also know that he's getting work in with Alante Taylor. And Alante Taylor now coming in as a second round rookie is getting the opportunity to work with one of the smartest veterans in the secondary across, you know, in a secondary across the NFL and getting all of that knowledge, understanding and getting to work with Tyron Matthew about what he's seeing, what the calls mean, getting that vocabulary, what's it like to work with Tyron Matthew at that capacity. And now he's getting to soak all that in and kind of like get a little bit of a head start. And that goes for guys like him, that goes for undrafted free agent tight end out of Pittsburgh, Lucas Kroll, who don't sleep on. He's somebody to continue to keep an eye out on in that tight end room, in that position that's kind of questionable at the moment in terms of who's going to be the guy that rises to the top when it comes to that, uh, when it comes to that group. They're now getting all these opportunities to learn the playbook, learn the system, learn the vocabulary, learn the lexicon, learn the adjustments, learn all of that before going out and having to try to prove their value in training camp. Over the course of the last couple of years where we haven't really seen OTAs, the impact has been that they're trying to learn everything while also trying to show their value. Now, you're back to a more natural process where you're laying the foundation, you're laying the building blocks, the groundwork, you're taking root, and then you get to the point to where in a month or so, or you know, at the end of July going into early August, you get the opportunity to really establish your value based upon which you have laid as your foundation earlier on during OTAs and mandatory minicamps. So this is why it's so important that Jameis Winston is there, right? Because now all the young guys that are working to establish themselves and fight for a roster spot, whether through offense, defense, special teams, practice squad, whatever, they get to do it with the guy that's going to be throwing the ball in 2022. On the defensive side, they get to do it with the guy, Tyron Matthew, who's going to be calling the shots in the secondary. That's huge for these young guys. And so that's the impact that these players have, that Jameis Winston and Tyron Matthew have, that Chris Olave has as the top draft pick for the New Orleans Saints in this year's draft class that now gets to go out there 
work directly with his quarterback and get better. But that also serves as an example for Trevor Penning, for DeMarco Jackson, for Alante Taylor, for Jordan Jackson to see like the number one guy that the Saints had to go and get, that they traded up to go and get, that they said they could not miss out on. See him now setting the example for the rest of the rookie class while he works with his quarterback. They're having a magnanimous impact on sort of the ripple effect of leadership by being present and working at OTAs, despite the fact that there are some veterans that are not there, which again, I'm not concerned about. OTAs are voluntary. Doesn't seem that anybody is there out, you know, out of there because of like the Kyler Murray situation or the Debo Samuel situation or the Terry McLaurin situation. So it's like contract disputes and holdouts and things like that. Dennis Allen even said, look, I'm comfortable with the fact and the reasons that there are certain players that are not here, nothing to be worried about. So nothing to be worried about. So we mentioned Tyron Matthews impact and what it means for the secondary, but the defense as a whole has a couple of places where there are some spots open, defensive interior being a big part. Let's start with the front seven and project the New Orleans Saints starting lineup for their defense here through OTAs and ahead of training camp. We've got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Greens AG1, the daily one scoop of powder, one cup of water that gets you set up for the rest of your day. I'm not even kidding. First thing in the morning, wake up, drop a a, a cup of the AG1 powder, drop a cup of water in cold water, shake it up, and then once you drink that, you're set for the rest of the day. That's going to help coat your stomach and help you digest the food that you eat throughout the day. It's going to help keep you awake and alert, help you concentrate, just simply make you like a better human being throughout the day. I mean, this gives you all of those vitamins and minerals that you try to get with a pill that you have to try to choke down in the morning or try to remember to take. Now you get to do it in a more enjoyable way, which is just this basically one cup of drink that gets you all set up for the rest of your day. We like to call it the green drink around here. So, you know, we love it. We love it over at Locked On. So uh, go and check it out. It's super, super easy to use and it's even easier to get a hold of. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to make sure that you get a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D uh, supplement that they have and five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership of your health and give yourself the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you so much, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. So grateful to be a part of your rotation and a part of your routine. Don't forget to also check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, which gives you all the news around all of the major sports, all the biggest stories every day in less than 20 minutes. You can find that on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. All right. So I want to project the Saints starting lineup on defense. We talked about the offense yesterday. If you missed that, 
Just head back to yesterday's episode. No big deal. You can catch it wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to this. But now let's talk a little bit of defense. And I want to start with the front seven because this is maybe where the Saints have the most question marks, but not necessarily about the starters, right? You've got one big question mark in the front seven, and that is defensive interior. Your projected starters on the edge are easy. Cam Jordan, your veteran leader. And then of course, Marcus Davenport, who had a really, really nice 2021. Now he's on his fifth year option. Can he do enough this year to earn a contract extension after the season, mid-season, whatever, right? Like we see the Saints sometimes extend these guys in season. We saw it with Demario Davis a few years ago. We saw it with Marshawn Lattimore just last year after that great game when he opened up his action against uh, Devontae Adams and the Green Bay Packers. Then of course, he went on to have a club on his hand for the next few games, but still performed extremely well. So, you know, you could potentially see an in-season extension for Marcus Davenport, but usually with these fifth-year options and first-round draft picks, they like to wait until after that contract is done as opposed to getting to it a little bit early. I think they should get to it early when it comes to C.J. Garner-Johnson, but that's a different talking point for another day. Uh, But Marcus Davenport had a nice season last year, should be able to follow that up and hopefully have a nice season again in 2022 and be able to stay healthy, hopefully, as well. That would be another big sort of piece of the manufacturing when it comes to a potential future contract form. Peyton Turner is going to be back in the mix. He's back at the Saints facility, but he dealt with so much over the course of his rookie season. Remember, that's a first round pick that the Saints are basically getting back going into 2022. So pretty big when you look at those edge rushers. But the defensive interior is where you might have the biggest hole. You've got David Onyemata, but who's going to be the guy next to him? David Onyemata is one of the best players you've got on your defensive line at this point in his career. Who's going to be the guy that benefits by stacking up right next to him. Is it going to be Shy Tuttle again, who would basically be a returning starter from last year? That's absolutely possible. He came in as an undrafted free agent years ago, made the big highlight play of stiff arming Matt Ryan and just driving everybody nuts across the NFL when he did it. But he's also been somebody that's been pretty consistent at the position, right? He hasn't been somebody that's been a massive playmaker or anything like that, but he has been a consistent player for this team and for Ryan Nielsen's defensive line. He's developed very quickly. He's been valuable in the run game, and he's made some plays as a pass rusher as well. Not racking up a lot of sacks or anything like that, but he has been disruptive in the middle. The thing about the New Orleans Saints starters in the defensive interior is that they might change every day, kind of like we just talked about with tight end and wide receiver in yesterday's episode. These are going to shift every day, and just because you're the starter doesn't mean that you're really getting more than 30 snaps at that spot because of how much the Saints love to rotate that defensive line and keep them fresh. They they rotate their defensive line like hockey teams rotate their hockey lineup. That is the one and only thing I know about hockey outside of what a goal is and what a goalie does. And so I'm going to use that reference all season. They rotate just like a hockey team rotates their lineups where they're swapping out four or five people at a time, right? Four for the New Orleans Saints and when it comes to their defensive line. So could a guy like Jordan Jackson come in out of the Air Force Academy and take over potentially? It's possible, but he doesn't have to be a starter to get snaps. Albert Huggins doesn't have to be a starter to get snaps. If, if Jalen Dalton proves to be healthy and the Saints bring him back, which would be something I would keep an eye out on, does he end up commanding and demanding snaps? What about new additions like Jalil Johnson and, and Contavia Street who have NFL experience, which is something that the New Orleans Saints very much value highly. So all of those players could be in the mix for making the roster and therefore getting snaps. You just got to make the roster when it comes to defensive interior for the New Orleans Saints. And then you're probably going to see playing time unless you're inactive on game day. But who's going to be that starter right now? I'll project Shy Tuttle, but we'll see. We'll definitely be a big one to keep an eye out on. And then when it comes to the rest of the front seven, which is really a front six for the New Orleans Saints, because let's face it, they're rarely in three linebacker sets 
at any point throughout their time. So let's talk about the two projected starting linebackers. We'll stick a nickel defense here and we'll go to the secondary here in just a moment. But your starting linebacker is going to be Demario Davis and Pete Warner. Doesn't get any easier than that. And I would say that even if Quan Alexander was still on this team, y'all, and even if Quan Alexander does make it back to this team, which I kind of hope he does, right? I mean, it's been so fun having him on this team and he's been such an asset. He brings a lot of value for very little money at this point in his career, all of that. He's been somebody that is such an asset next to Demario Davis and the energy that he brings, being a spark plug for the defense, all that. Now you're hoping to get some of that from Tyron Matthew, of course, but Quan brings it and you know he brings it, right? So I think that even if Quan Alexander does return to this team, which again, fingers crossed that that happens, um, Pete Werner is just in line for a bigger role, y'all. Like the Saints love Pete Werner. And I don't think anybody's disappointed when they hear that, right? This is a guy that they invested a second round pick in. This is a guy that ended up moving into a large starting role during that Miami Dolphins just debacle of a game. Not debacle on the Saints part, debacle in the NFL's part because the Saints were down 20 plus starters in that game. But he was in there calling the shots, making the calls, doing all that. Doesn't matter who he was calling the shots to. He was relaying everything accurately and was pinpoint in terms of what it is that he needed to do to quarterback a defense, right? His communication was on point. What he was getting from the sideline versus what he was delivering to everyone else was on point. And he made some nice plays in there too. He got ran over at one point, but hey, stuff happens, right? Not everybody makes 60 plays, right? Sometimes you make 59. That's okay. But either way, this guy is ready and he's ready to move into a big role. And he's going to be next to Demario Davis, who is like the readiest inside linebacker in the entire NFL that just simply doesn't get the respect that he deserves. I saw somebody on, uh, uh, I saw somebody one time say that Demario Davis isn't only underrated around the NFL and outside of New Orleans, New Orleans Saints fans sometimes don't realize how good Demario Davis is. And New Orleans Saints fans love Demario Davis, but that's how good he is, right? So he ends up having this massive impact for you. That's somebody that you maybe miss a little bit during OTAs, but once you get to mandatory mini camps and once you get in the training camp, we're not even going to be talking about OTAs next month, right? Like we're not even going to be looking back at this. So again, I wouldn't even worry about it, but those are going to be your starters when it comes to the defensive line in the trenches projected, right? and those linebackers. If the Saints roll into a three linebacker set at any point, that's going to be the interesting part. Who's the third linebacker right now? Is it going to be Zach Bond, whose role still doesn't feel very defined or clear in the Saints defense? Maybe that clears up a little bit now with Dennis Allen, both being the defensive mastermind and head coach. So maybe that begins to clear up a little bit. Caden Ellis would be probably the most sensible guy move into that role because that was effectively his role last year. He ended up breaking up a pass uh, Thursday during OTAs, by the way, um, on Juwan Johnson, if I remember correctly. It was like a curl route and he came and knocked it out. But it's all that Nick Underhill. He's got, he's got all the observations for you. Uh, and then the other guy to watch out for, aside from Eric Wilson, who they just recently brought in, who's also an NFL veteran. And again, the New Orleans Saints, they value NFL experience, right? But the other guy to really keep an eye out on is going to be DeMarco Jackson. Could he be that guy? He's small. He's a little bit undersized, but so was Quan. So was Quan Alexander, right? So what do we really think about the mold here and where does he end up fitting in? So we'll be interesting. We'll be interesting to see who's going to be that third linebacker for New Orleans. If Quan comes back, then Quan would be that guy. But as of right now, there's a little bit of a competition to be had between Zach Bond, Caden Ellis, DeMarco Jackson, and Eric Wilson for an actual role, not a very commonly utilized role, but an actual role. And even potentially rotating in for a guy like Pete Werner on rundowns, if the Saints feel like they want more run protection next to Demario Davis. Now, Pete Werner is going to give you that, but just in case, you've got other options. Now, let's look at Tyron Matthew and this secondary. Tyron Matthew being back at OTA is such a big deal for the development of that secondary, like we just mentioned. 
One of the guys that's getting a lot of that benefit is Alante Taylor. Is that going to factor in when it comes to training camp and the regular season in terms of a potential battle between he and Paulson Adiba? We'll answer that. We'll talk when we'll break it down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it, Huda Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thank you once again for joining us here. Don't forget, we're here every Monday through Friday and sometimes a little bit more here on the Locked On Saints podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube as well. Uh, Don't forget to let me know your favorite all-time Saint gathering, a bunch of that information for a piece later on in the summer. Okay, now I want to talk about the secondary. I want to take a look at the secondary, and I'm going to kind of go from defensive right to defensive left as we go through this because the big conversation or excuse me defensive left to defensive right my apologies because the big conversation is over on the defensive left offensive right side for the most part and that is is there going to be a battle between Alante Taylor and Paul Sinadibo are we really making too much of Dennis Allen's comments about Alante Taylor competing I don't think so listen the New Orleans Saints are all about competition you heard Zach Streif, right? We played it on the March 8th, May 18th episode of Locked on Saints, where we talked a little bit about Jarvis Landry's contract, and then we heard, heard the comments from Zach Streif and his interview with WWL-TV's Brooke Kirchhofer. It doesn't matter when you were drafted, where you were drafted, what your draft status is. Once you enter the facility, you have an opportunity to be a starter in the New Orleans Saints system. That's the way that the New Orleans Saints work. That's where the Saints brass works. That was all set up for the you know culture for the future when Sean Payton was building it. You heard them talk about that in 2006. Easy place to find it. Return to the Dome game early on in the ESPN broadcast. They talk about it, right? Sean Payton's comments on why it doesn't matter where you're drafted and what it means for your opportunity to make the roster. So with that being the case, Alante Taylor should be in a situation where he has the opportunity to compete with Paul Sanadibo to start opposite Marshawn Lattimore. But ultimately... I think Paul Sanadibo will be your starter opposite Marshawn Lattimore. I think it's great. I think it's awesome that he's going to get that opportunity to compete. I think it's great that the Saints went out there and said, hey, this is a guy that we love. We want him. We want him in the building. He's got an opportunity. Let's go and grab him. And that they did that. I have no problem with that. Seriously, no problem with that. They had no third round pick. They had no fourth round pick. They had no way to sit around and wait for him. If he was a guy that they just looked at and said, we want him, they needed to get him in the second round. So they did. I have no problem with that. But I don't think that he's somebody that's going to be able to come in. Paul Sadibo had a great rookie season. Like, let's not, let's not like lighten, lighten or diminish what it is that Paul Sandibo did his rookie year. Now you give him an opportunity to learn next to the honey badger, just like Alante Taylor's doing. Paul Sandibo's learning next to him as well. To uh, get into a second year to where he's comfortable in that system, have an actual offseason, which includes OTAs, mini camps, mandatory mini camps, all of that, and then go through training camp and then go out there. Alante Taylor looks the part. Don't get me wrong. But I don't see a reason right now to rush away from Paul Sandibo unless there's some trade value out there that we don't yet know about. 
Let's keep moving. So that's your starting cornerback. On the outside, defensive left would be your pure corner, right? Your guy, Paulson Adibo. Next up in the slot, CJ Garner-Johnson. You've got some options in the slot now. PJ Williams is back on his 300th first year deal or one year deal. Uh, uh, Bradley Roby restructured his contract. He's somebody to watch over the course of the offseason, but neither of those guys are up to the class of what it is that CJ Gardner-Johnson does in the slot and how the Saints like to use him. You, uh, Maddie Hudak and I were talking earlier because she's doing some scouting academy work and everything and was kind of breaking down McKenzie Alexander, the slot cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings, who plays so far off the line of scrimmage. And when you play that far off the line of scrimmage as a slot cornerback, you're going to lose a lot. And you know what McKenzie Alexander did in 2021? He lost a lot. CJ Garner Johnson plays right up against the line of scrimmage. He's in the face of these receivers, these tight ends, whatever. He's physical. He's getting his hands on them. That's what the New Orleans Saints love about CJ Garner Johnson. That's the style of that position that Dennis Allen really likes. CJ Garner Johnson built for it, molded by it. He's there. Now we look at the two safeties, right? We'll go strong safety first, which I think is going to be Tyron Matthew. Free safety, I believe, will be Marcus May. So that's my projection there. But remember, those guys are going to line up all over the place, right? Nick kind of cataloged all the different places where you saw Tyron Matthew line up, and that's not going to change. He's going to be somebody that's going to be a, a deep safety, that's going to be uh, in, in the box, that's going to rush off the line of scrimmage. Think about what Malcolm Jenkins did last year. Take four years off of that in terms of age and playability, and then you've got Tyron Matthew, right? Like That's going to be the role that he's going to slip into, but maybe with a little bit more active versatility being used and putting him further away from the line of scrimmage. And you can expect the same thing from Marcus May. Marcus May started off his career as a deep safety. We talked about it. We broke it all down just a couple of episodes ago when we were talking on Wednesday's episode, breaking down the number of times that you saw Marcus May and Marcus Williams play that deep safety role. Back in 2020, Marcus May played that deep safety role, what, 40, 50 something percent of the time? And 69% of the time, there was no press corner there. So they just let guys go free off the line of scrimmage because they know they had Marcus May back there. Same thing with Marcus Williams, who played the position 72% of the time in terms of a deep middle safety. And over 60% of the time, yeah, over 60% of the time, there was one or no press corner playing in terms of that scheme or that play call. It's a perfect fit. It's a really, really good fit. Let me say it that way. But he also played in the the box when it came to Robert Sala's defense with New York over the last, what, year? A couple years? And so I think that you're really going to get that opportunity to see those guys move around a ton. And that's going to really serve Dennis Allen's purposes as somebody that loves multiplicity, that loves the multiple nature of his secondary. And these guys are going to be the pinnacle, the grand example of it all. And then finally, your starting corner, your CB1, you're put him on an island and let him go at it. You're match him up with Mike Evans and everybody's number one uh, wide receiver. You let them go. He'll be back with Devontae Adams again now that Devontae Adams is a Raider, so on and so forth. It's Marshall Lattimore, right? Marshall Lattimore is going to be your starting outside pure corner. That's going to be on, in, in sort of that man everywhere you go type of a situation. We'll break that down in one of our uh, midweek fundamentals coming up. I'm really excited about doing that. But like, he's going to be one of those guys that you just say, okay, who's the best receiver? Go find him and stop him from catching passes. And Marshall's going to go, cool, and then go and do his job. So I think that you're in a really, really good place there. But so that is my projection for the starting defense. Not a lot of adjustments, a lot of returning starters going into 2022. The biggest adjustment will very likely be who's going to be the guy in the middle and then Pete Warner taking that step up into starter. But you're pretty excited about those things as well. Okay, more OTA observations, breakdowns, all of that coming up next week is also on Monday. 
Do the New Orleans Saints have the best offensive line in the NFC South? It seems that some don't feel that way, and I'm going to find a way to prove that they absolutely do have the best offensive line in the NFC South. So we're going to break all of that down on Monday. It's going to be a lot of fun getting into next week. I appreciate you as always for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked On NFL podcast, all the news around the league in less than 30 minutes with hosts like myself, Luke Braun, Tony Wiggins, Chris Carter, your boy Q, everybody, right? Wacky band of characters. Going to get you all covered with everything you need to know around the NFL in less than 30 minutes, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Thanks so much again, y'all, for making me a part of your day. I will see you on Monday at the latest over the weekend if there's any big news, right? You know, I'm always here for you. If you need anything else, though, in between those episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.